Aloha, everybody. That's good. That's good. You guys know how to do it. Somebody give me a chihu and I'll feel right at home. My work here is done. Appreciate that. Uh, my, uh, my own church uh, sends their greetings. They've been, uh, quite a number of them, fasting and praying for our time together this weekend, and, and they're excited about what the Lord is doing uh, in this house, and uh, they send their aloha. I have to say that legally, or they get mad at me. Um, funny story about uh, the beauty that is Champaign, uh, Illinois, uh, Champaign-Urbana. When I was in college... Um, I came out here with a group of my friends to the big Urbana Missions Conference. Miss Champaign-Urbana, yeah. Because they don't have it here anymore. Yeah, they moved it, yes. But uh, back then it was the real thing. And, uh, and uh, so I came out with a group uh, of friends. Among them was this little gal from Hawaii named Sonia. She's uh, the little gal I would eventually marry. Um, and, and we were in a workshop together one afternoon when it started uh, storming a little bit outside. And she got up and ran outside, and a group of us, uh, we had gone to college together in California, a group of us from that college ran out, and it's snowing. And she starts dancing in the parking lot in the snow. It was the first time that she had ever seen snow, this little Hawaii girl. And so that is our family's association with, with champagne. It's the place of snowy beauty. That's what Hawaiians think of you. And uh, when we discovered that I would be coming here to do this conference and to speak today, uh, she said, oh, I hope it snows. <laughs> and it did. And now I just want to go home. So cold. It's so very cold. No, that's great to be here. Thank you. Um, uh, Islanders uh, have this tradition called talk story, where if you meet somebody for the first time, you know, it's, it's a bit of a process. You just don't say, how do you do? What you do is you, you swap stories. You tell a little bit uh, about your life and things that have happened in your life recently. I don't know exactly what the, the mainland phrase would be, what the analog would be, but it's something like, uh, we shoot the breeze, you know, we, we chew the fat, we just kind of uh, share that way. Um, so I thought that I would talk story uh, here uh, in the opening uh, minute so that we get to know each other better. I mean, I feel like we're getting along, but I'm a little worried over here. Um, so uh, here's, here's, here's a story uh, recently. Um, uh, we were doing a little uh, healing gathering on one of our uh, outreaches. Um, and uh, a family in the church had befriended a neighbor family um, that was quite troubled. Uh, the, uh, the parents were troubled. The mother uh, was suffering from um, a mental illness um, that uh, was causing her a great deal of pain and a great deal of stress in her family. And so the idea was that we would bring mom to the healing service and uh, she would experience 
you know, the healing of, of the spirit there. But on the morning of, uh, that didn't happen. Mom, mom would not come to church. But she had a little girl who was like nine years old, and the little girl said, well, I'll come. You know, can I come with you? So they came with our church family, the church family, uh, to the service and just kind of sat with them. And uh, so I was ministering up front, and I gave a little spiel about healing. And, uh, and then we began. The ministers kind of went out into the crowd and started healing. And it turned out that this little girl, uh, in addition to the suffering of her family, she suffered from a very severe eczema, you know, skin rash, really severe skin rash. And so she had those red, uh, welty marks on her neck and on her torso and down her arms, you know, different places around uh, her body. I don't know if anybody here has ever suffered from that, but very uncomfortable, very chronic. Uh, and in her case, it had to do with a lot of allergies and stuff that doctors just couldn't figure out. Anyway, uh, I, I wasn't in this ministry time. I was kind of looking at it happen over here, but as uh, a woman on the ministry team ministered to her, her rash disappeared on the spot. Just, just kind of went away. Her skin completely cleared. Right? And so I kind of get to look, look at this happen, and, and, and the little girl gets really excited and then tears up a little bit, you know, as you would. It's her first time in a church. And I really like this little girl uh, because when it was over, she wanted to tell people about it, you know? And so she's just looking at me. She's like, uh, I, can I have the mic? <laughs> she comes up, you know, we give her the mic, and she turns to the church absolutely fearless and said, yeah, you know, I had, I had this condition. It was called eczema. And it's like, look, it's gone. Look, it's gone. And she starts crying. And then she turns around to me and says, can we pray for my mama? Was homesick and didn't get to come. Not a gorgeous story. Uh, so much happened uh, for that little girl on, on that day. She had an encounter with the kingdom of heaven on earth. Yeah. I really want church to be a place like that, you know? I want it to be a place where, you know, you enter in and you just kind of feel that something could happen here. You know, it's the place where the world goes to find change. You know, the change that it just can't figure out uh, on its own. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about uh, this thing called the kingdom of heaven on earth. Have you heard about it? Kingdom of Heaven, yeah, brah. Yeah, it's an islander out there. Um, the Kingdom of Heaven on Earth. When Jesus showed up uh, and began his public ministry, this was kind of his thesis statement. You know, this was, this was the, the sermon that he preached. You know, the message that he had in most of his sermons, he kind of got to this. It was the thing that he taught about most um, in, in his ministry uh, we see by way of at least the gospel record that we have. You know, Jesus entered in to a culture that had a tradition of the one true God. You know, everybody knew about Yahweh. Everybody knew about the one true God. And it was uh, a religious culture. They had a lot of religious tradition. But nobody had talked about the kingdom of heaven on earth like that before. This was an original concept that Jesus introduced. And kind of, it would have gotten people thinking 
it would have gotten their brains spinning a little bit. Hey, everybody, I'm a new rabbi in town, and I'm going to tell you, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's his introductory statement? The kingdom of heaven is tangible on earth. That's what that means. Some of your translations will say, the kingdom of heaven is near, or the kingdom of heaven has drawn near. Now, a lot of people, and hearing this original phrase, they took it the wrong way, right? And you students of the Gospels will know this, because the nation of Israel at the time was having all sorts of political socioeconomic troubles, lots of injustice because they were occupied by the Romans. They were kind of a, a tributary state, right? They didn't even get to run their own country and it was kind of a drag. It's a huge drag. People were getting killed and executed all the time. And so when Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, they heard that word kingdom and they thought, oh, he's going to establish a, a new political order. This is like the military Messiah that we were hoping for. He's going to kick out the Romans and he's going to make a state of justice, you know, and that's going to be the payoff of this guy. Uh, and so that was cool. Of course, we know that Jesus wasn't talking about that. The word kingdom was probably the problem. It's probably what tricked people. Now, that word kingdom in the Greek uh, more properly probably should have been translated something like dominion, the dominion of heaven on earth. I think that's probably more accurate to the Greek. Uh, but that word dominion is not one that we use every day. It, it means something like, well, it comes from the word to dominate or to control. So the control of heaven on earth, I think, would be a literal translation of it. Uh, instead of the word control, I like the word order, like the order of heaven on earth. You're going to see the order of heaven on earth. And I like that because I think the earth is chaos, right? And I like this idea of order versus chaos. When God created the heavens and the earth, it says he spoke into the chaos. He spoke into the void, the morass, and he brought order. Life is order, you know, and life is always fighting against decay. Decay is chaos, you know. The order of heaven on earth, eternity in temporality, you know. It's order versus chaos and, and, and decay. So Jesus talked about the order of heaven on earth, and he said, enter into it. That was his invitation to people. Like Jesus wouldn't say, agree with me, you know, say the sinner's prayer. Good, right? That's not how he did it. He would come along and he would say, are you interested? Follow me and enter in. He used that phrase all the time. He said, oh, you are close to the kingdom of heaven. Uh, what does it take to enter into the kingdom of heaven? What does it take to enter into heaven's order? And that's a question that all believers and all seekers need to consider, you know? It's like, I would like some orderliness in my chaos. Anybody? No. All right, so that was sort of the invitation that he made. And for him, the kingdom of heaven on earth was incredibly participatory, right? He never said to anyone, agree with me. He only said, follow me, do what I do. Participate in this exercise and see what happens. That was the Jesus ministry. And then we get all of these great stories uh, in scripture because that is what a lot of, of people did. When Jesus called somebody to enter in and to follow him, 
he didn't just call them into relationship with him. He called them to a purpose. You know, famously, he would say, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. He always gave you a job, right? You got hired into uh, the kingdom of heaven on earth. Uh, you have a job to do. All, right, all that is a very long-winded way of saying what we are about, brothers and sisters, is, is entering into the order of heaven on earth and gathering others into the order of heaven on earth. That's our job, right? To spread the kingdom or to gather people into the kingdom. We are agents of heavenly order against earthly chaos. Are you following me? So, you know, for instance, uh, is there sickness in heaven? No, in, in heaven, sickness would be very out of order, right? So those of us who bring the order of heaven to earth, we cure sickness, right? You can do it naturally, food, medicine, or... We can do it supernaturally, right? Because we are dealing with an eternal heaven after all. Uh, in heaven, is anybody oppressed by demons? Well, no, in heaven, that would be terribly out of order. Uh, so when we encounter people uh, that are oppressed by spiritual entities, we bring the order of heaven to them. We cast the demons out, right? Then their life is more orderly. That's how it works. In heaven, is anybody ignorant of God? Right, that would be terribly out of order. Uh, so those of us who bring the order of heaven to earth, we introduce people into the presence of God, into the knowledge of God's loving character, and we get them into relationship, right? That's spreading orderliness in the lonely chaos of the world. In heaven, is anybody deprived of food or material necessities or anything like that? No, that's silly. So those of us who bring the order of heaven to earth, we spread justice, we do provision, we do generosity, right? Even if we have to do it miraculously, like Jesus and the guys did with the miracle of the loaves and fishes, because it turns out in heaven, whatever you have is enough, right? It, it goes as far as it needs to go. That's the privilege that we have. All right, you get the idea. But just to be clear, for us to enter into and to spread the order of heaven and the chaos of the world, it's a bit of a battle, isn't it? Has anybody noticed this? Right? If you're veterans at all, my life verse, Matthew eleven twelve, 12, uh, Jesus is speaking and he says, look, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been advancing by force. And it takes a forceful person to get a grip on it. It's one translation anyway. It's, it's a forceful thing. The chaos pushes back. And so I push back on the chaos. I want to be a forceful man. Right? And it takes a lot sometimes to get a grip on heaven when you're in the chaos of life. Can I get me a chihu? You guys are way better than first service. This is the cool service, isn't it? This, this, every church has a cool service. And I think, I, 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 think it's, I think it's you. Again, I'm a little worried about over here. But yeah. Uh, the, the order of heaven exists in the midst of the chaos of the earth. And so you get, you get a clash. And you know what else you get in the midst of that clash? Good stories. Because the clash is what makes a really good talk story. Right? Because where there's conflict, there's overcoming. There's come from behind. 
You know, there's stuff like that. If you've ever taken a, I don't know, a writing class or a script writing class, like every story needs a good conflict. A story in which, you know, you're born into paradise and you live in paradise and then you die in paradise, you know, that's not a very interesting story. Of course, I live in Hawaii. (laughs) And I like it. I digress. I'm sorry, I digress. Enjoy your weather. I, ha- I have to go there. Um, it's where all the interesting things happen. At my church, we have a saying, we're in it for the stories. You know, we want interesting talk story. I want to have stories to share uh, with you. And when it requires a little bit of force, it requires a little bit of push. What does it take for us to bring the order of heaven to the chaos of the earth? What's required? And actually, this is the question uh, that we wrestled with through most of our weekend at the More Love, More Power conference in different ways we explored. Well, what can we do uh, to, to bring uh, the order, the power of the kingdom of heaven to the chaos of earth? I talked about many different things. But you know, if I had to, if I had to go to one thing, um, I would say that what it takes to bring the order of heaven to the chaos of the world is, is faith. Have you heard of it? It's kind of a big word, faith. You know, nine times in the gospel stories when Jesus performs a miracle of healing or a miracle of deliverance, he ends the episode by saying, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well, which always strikes me because I would expect them to say something like, God has healed you, praise God. Or maybe even I, Jesus, have healed you, follow me. But what he tends to say is your faith has healed you. It's as if he is communicating you know, a piece of knowledge. It's like, look, if you want to see this order more, what you need to do is manifest this attitude. That's the key, yeah? And I think faith is an attitude. Faith isn't what you believe. It's what you do with what you believe, right? Because the demons know the truth. They just don't use it very well, right? So we say at my church, faith means trying. Faith is try, right? You have to wield something. You have to, you have to put feet on your belief. Uh, faith is when a belief tries what it should. And whenever Jesus found that attitude, an attitude is an approach to something. Whenever Jesus found people who approached life with this attitude of faith, positive expectation of God, he got very excited, right? Because faith releases heaven on earth. Why is it organized like that? Uh, You know, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve believed that God existed, but they did not trust him to be good. And that was the problem. So God inverted life. Now we have to trust God to be good, even though it's hard to believe that he exists because he is less obvious. The world has become more chaotic. So this is a faith exercise. Life is an exercise in trusting God with a life of try trying the things that you should. How's that for high theology? Um, Faith is an attitude of bringing the order of heaven to earth, is expecting good things to happen. And again, that's what I want church to be. I want people to walk in and say, something might happen here. Something might happen here. How did you arrive this morning? Did you arrive with faith? You know, the attitude that this is a changeful hour. 
I can't wait to see what trust releases here, right? Did you arrive with that? Or did you drag your okole in? Do you know what okole is? It's a Hawaiian word. I bet you can guess. Did you drag your sorry okole in here today? Or did you, you know, did you come with, with faith? Anyway, I love passages that sort of typify and characterize the attitude of faith because, you know, it's often something that you catch instead of something that you analyze and understand. This is one of my favorite stories on faith. It comes from Mark chapter five, and it's a story about the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. Do you guys know this story? The hemorrhaging woman is quite famous. A lot of you have probably studied it. So this is in Mark chapter five. What's happened is that Jesus has just been in the land of Gennesaret, and he casts like some thousands of demons out of the sky, right? You know that famous story, the legion of demons. Uh, He's been doing a lot of cruel miracles recently, uh, like miraculous feedings and stuff like that. So word has gotten out that there's this guy, Jesus, traveling around doing some very exceptional things. Uh, And so he gets back to town and... uh, and crowds meet him there. He, he travels across the lake back from the land of Gennesaret. He comes back to the region of like Capernaum. And, uh, and a large crowd is there to meet him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Basically, uh, uh, she's been menstruating for, for 12 years straight, uh, which would have completely... Uh, depleted her physically. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. So the story gets worse and worse. Her family, her uh, husband is never mentioned in this tale. So, uh, and she's spending her resources. One gets the impression that she was probably a single gal uh, which in that culture would have been very economically disadvantageous. You know, women were not... Uh, uh, did not participate uh, in, in the marketplace as in our culture. She'd spent all she had and had nothing left. Uh, and if you've studied this story, you probably know that when a woman was menstruating, when she was uh, bleeding, she was considered ceremonially unclean. She was not really allowed to go out of the house. She was not allowed to be around other people lest she contaminate them because the Jewish tradition had many laws and customs where blood was concerned. So she would have been socially ostracized. You know, she, she would have been for 12 years sheltered in place. Shut in, yeah. And a large crowd, uh, excuse me, there you go. She grew worse. I'll get this. When she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Sure enough. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Snaps for Jesus. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? They're a little indignant because they're on their way to do a miracle for a dignitary, you know? So come on, Jesus, get a move on. 
But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. This has really got his interest. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I love this story because it is entirely inappropriate. I so very often feel inappropriate in life. Um, And here was a woman who I think felt a little bit inappropriate. She'd been bleeding for 12 years, which would have made her feel cursed by God. That was kind of the pop theology of the day. She wasn't allowed to go out of the house, but something happened to her. And what happened to her? All we know is that she heard about Jesus. That's it. She heard about Jesus, something about Jesus. All right. So she decides that even though it's against the law, she will leave her house. If people had found out that she was hemorrhaging, that she was bleeding, that she had gone out into the streets, technically speaking, she, should, she could have been stoned for it, right? She could have been killed. It was a criminal act. But she pushes it even further. She doesn't just leave her house. She enters a big crowd of people in which she would have kind of been jostled and elbowed a lot of people, touched a lot of people. So she would have contaminated many as if she had, I don't know, a really contagious virus. Just try to imagine that. You know, you can't go out of the house because you might contaminate people, you know. And not only that, that she go out in a crowd and contaminate a bunch of people, uh, but she comes up behind a holy man, a rabbi, and touches him. It's very inappropriate for a woman to touch a man in that culture. Very inappropriate for a man to touch a woman. So that in and of itself would have been nasty. For an unclean woman, a bleeding woman to touch a man would have been off the charts bad. And for a bleeding woman to touch a holy man, a rabbi, unimaginably audacious, unimaginably violent in that spiritual culture. So everything about this is wrong. You know what else is wrong? Her healing model. You like, you, like a, you like a spiritual uh, a school of kingdom ministries here, right? You study how to do healing ministry. Here, here's what your model isn't. Have the minister turn his back, sneak up behind him, and touch the bottom of his, of his jeans. None of, you, none of you have learned that model. But for some reason, this was her model, And it all kind of goes back to, what in the world did this woman hear about Jesus such that she was willing to do this criminal act based on atrocious theology? Right? What did she hear about him? And I'm not sure exactly, but I'm pretty sure she heard that he was inappropriate. That this was a guy who seemed to break the rules, who broke the models, who broke the mold. And that emboldened her. And so she came out, she did everything wrong just to kind of check it out, just to make contact with Jesus. Anyway, it goes down. Jesus feels the power. He turns around and he said, what happened? Finally susses out the gal and said, tell me the story. And tell me the whole story, please, because I think this is 
Really interesting. So she falls down trembling in fear. Why? Because she thought that being called out, the crowd was probably going to kill her for all of this. Tells him the whole story. And then he has this moment in which he's like, woman, peace out. Your faith has healed you. You're freed from your suffering. Only that's not how he said it. It's not like, you know, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. It was like, now that is faith. Did you all hear that? That's what I'm talking about, people. That's the attitude. That's the approach. Entirely inappropriate and unjustifiable. Awesome. That's what I'm talking about, guys. Did you see this? That's the miracle working faith right there. So, like, however you want to explain what she did, however you want, that's what you're after. And whenever Jesus encountered that, he made a big deal about it. I don't know if Jesus could do backflips, but I bet he wanted to do one. Because that's a hard attitude to approach, to, to, to foment in people. It's a hard attitude to get people to catch. And as a pastor of a church, this is what I think about every week. How can I get people to have this attitude? You know, how can I get me to have this attitude week in and week out? How can we help each other to have this inappropriate faith? And that, I think, is the chief task of a house of God. The chief task. Because our job is to bring the order of heaven to the chaos of the world. And what we need is whatever she had. That attitude, right? That, that faith. So what's the, what's the combination here? What's going on? Well, uh, I, a word I think about is grace, because there was no reason for this woman to expect that God would be generous to her. Completely unearned, completely unjustifiable. She was in the wrong. She was in the wrong, but she expected good things anyway, and that word anyway is a great grace word, right? Do you guys know what grace is? God's radical generosity, unjustified generosity to us. So somehow, somehow she got this. And then, of course, she had faith, which is like positive expectation. Something cool could happen right here. So it's a combination of, of, of faith and grace together. <laughs> Nuclear power. The combination of, 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 of grace and faith. Grace. Can we call it grace? That's a good word. It's, it, it's, uh, it's the original Greek. Grace. That's what we need. We need grace. Turn to somebody and say grace and spit all over them. I think that's what we're after. I've meditate, meditated on, on, on this a uh, whole lot, this idea of, of grace. I, I think like... For your faith to be powerful, it has to have a lot of grace in it. For your grace to do any good, it has to have a lot of faith in it. In, in Hawaii, um, uh, there are all these ancient fish ponds on the shoreline um, where the ancient Hawaiians, what they would do in the shallows of the ocean is they would build a rock fence, they kind of fence in a portion of the beach in a place where freshwater streams would come down from the mountain. And where the freshwater mixed with the salt water in the shallows, that's where the fish came to lay their eggs and have their young. And so the ancient Hawaiians would put a fence around that, and when the fish got big enough, they would harvest them. 
they did something similar with their low E patches, the places where they would grow the, the, the taro, uh, the it's like Hawaiian potatoes, sort of, where water mixes, life happens. Pure salt water, no good. Uh, pure fresh water, the fish can't live. It's mixed, you know? It's a mixture of grace and faith, of, of order against chaos. It's the place where things clash. You know, it's the frontier place. That's where the good life happens, yeah? That's where the good life happens. I think about this a, a whole lot, and uh, I want you to have that attitude. I, I, wish, I wish I could give it to you. The best way I know how to give it to you is to tell stories, you know, about the hemorrhaging woman, about the little girl with eczema, to do talk story and see if, and see if, you, if you don't catch it if you can't catch it a little bit. I think probably the best way for you to give grace to the world is to live out stories and then share them. You know, to, to testify, to demonstrate, right? Stories of kingdom order amidst the chaos of, of the earth. I want you to achieve kingdom order in your life and I want you to gather people into it all over the world. That's simple, yeah? That's all I got to say. How did I do? Okay. Um, I don't know what condition your Okole is in this morning again, but I wonder if, uh, if we could just, uh, you know, participate and bring a little uh, kingdom order uh, to chaos that you might be undergoing in your life today. I wonder uh, if anybody uh, needs some, some healing. Um, I wonder if anybody feels beaten down uh, by disorder in their body, whether it be you know, a sickness or an injury, uh, small kind trouble, as we'd say in Hawaii, or something that's major and chronic. How many of you have come today with a need for healing in your bodies? That's like a chihu. How many of you come today with need for healing in your bodies? Go ahead and stand up, and let's heal you. Let's heal you. Maybe it's a good moment for you to just shake off all that chaos that tried to follow you in. This is a place where we bring chaos to order, where we bring salt water to fresh. Go ahead and stand up. All right? Uh, I need a ministry team. So everybody sitting down, you're the ministry team. Go ahead and gather around these people who have stood up. If you're all together, just spread a little bit so people can reach you. And these people uh, who might be strangers to you, as this woman was a stranger to Jesus, will politely uh, lay a hand on your shoulder and just bless you in Jesus' name. Um, what I want you to do in a second is to share a one-sentence medical history with the people around you. Just turn to someone and say, oh, my back hurts, or oh, I have diabetes, or oh, I have an ulcer, or um, oh, I have a uh, con uh, congestion in my chest, or I have chronic migraines, whatever it is, just give them a one-sentence medical history. Go.
all right. And uh, now I'm going to pray over the crowd. Uh, and uh, the people around you are just going to bless you in Jesus' name. They're just going to say together, in the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, back, be better, or something like that. That seems appropriate. Everybody got it? All right. Holy Spirit, do your work. We pray exactly as Jesus taught us to pray. Father in heaven, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let the good order of heaven come to the chaos of earth. Let the order of heaven come to the chaos in these bodies. In the name of Jesus, brothers and sisters, in this moment, you are healed. In this moment, you are relieved. All right, go guys, minister healing. Get on it with an attitude of faith. Go for it. Remember, this is the cool service. This is the rowdy one, so get on it. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Bless. This is the house of God. This is the house of change. Be blessed. In the name of Jesus, stomach, you are sweetened. The pain stops. The rhythm returns in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, somebody that had pain on the right side of their throat is just gonna melt away. Your ear pain is gonna go away. Bless you in Jesus' name. Be healed. Touch the hem of Jesus' cloak. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. You've made contact with heaven. Your faith has healed you in Jesus' name. All right, if you can check it out, check it out. Like if it was a limb or something obvious, I realize that if it was high blood pressure, you can't immediately check it out. But if you can check it out, check it out. Check it out. And let's see, how many people uh, already received healing? So raise your hand if you already received some healing. Yeah, what happened, sir? It stopped. So this young man has chronic migraines, and a migraine was coming on, and they ministered to him, and it immediately stopped and went away. Cleared up? And, well, not immediately, 60 seconds or whatever that was. That's cool. That's one. Who else already? We had a 90-second healing service there. Uh, anyone else already received some healing? Raise, just raise your hand. Yeah, what happened here? Neck? You had neck pain or stiffness or something, and it went away? That's good. Back here, yes, ma'am? Somebody shout on her behalf. What happened? Your throat. Oh, your throat. You were the throat, and you don't feel any more pain. That's cool. I like that. Way in the back, can you shout it out for me? Pain in your back went away? Totally, you're good? Cool. Uh, anyone else? Let's see. I was fooled. Just raise your hand so I can see you real quick. Yeah, way in the back, shout it out, guys. Chronic cough, you had cough and congestion and it just... Went away, you feel different? Cool, that's great, broken. Nobody likes to cough these days, that's for sure. 
two more, I think, real quick. Anybody already feel something? And our, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a round two, but I want to check in. Anybody already feel, yeah. Oh, neuropathy, pain, and numbness in your feet. So that's like a nerve condition that made your feet hurt and feel numb, and it went away? Wow. So how long have you had that? What's that? For a few years you had that. Yeah. Well, God bless you. That's, that makes a difference. That's nice. One more. This is cool. Uh, who else? All right, let's do a round two. If you didn't immediately get better in that, in that couple of minutes, can I pray for you again? Can we do it again? If at first you don't succeed, try. Or if you're not fully healed. So as my wife likes to say, it's like the shampoo bottle instructs. Lather, rinse, repeat. Go ahead and politely lay a hand on their shoulder and let's do this one more time before we enter into our musical worship. Maybe someone else now wants to stand up and say, hey, heal me too. That's allowed. I have a word particularly for someone who's having like pain throughout their pelvis, like it's almost bone pain and particularly on the right side. Maybe it's like arthritis or some chronic condition, but make sure you get that addressed, yeah? In the name of Jesus, brothers and sisters, receive your healing. Your faith is a blessing to your body. Grace is the currency of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven on earth. In the name of Jesus, you're healed. In the name of Jesus, in the name of our generous Lord, you're receiving something special this morning. You're receiving the change that you need. In the name of Christ, it is good. And we make your body good in the name of the Lord. Increase on them, Lord. Give us mercy here. Send us ministering angels. All right, do it again, guys. Speak to it. Tell it to go. I like that faith. Let the good order of heaven come to the chaos of our lives. In the name of Jesus, your shoulder is released right now. It's released. Your shoulder is released. Raise it up. You will find a change. Nice. Good job. Nice attitude. All right. 20 seconds of check-in. Who got something that time? Who feels the difference? Check it out if you can. Wave your hand. I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah. What'd you get, ma'am? Extreme digestive just issues. That's a wonderful way to describe it. And, and what happened? You have constant pain in your stomach and your intestines, and now you don't. It just kind of went away. That sounds prob probably a bigger deal than, than even the words described. That's, that's a big blessing. Uh, praise God. All right, one more yes back here. What happened, ma'am? That's cool. I like that. Not life-threatening, but she hit her knee in the car yesterday. I guess it was swollen. She couldn't even bend it. But during our little mini prayer service, it went away. Now she can bend her knee and there's no pain. That's, that's nice. 
All right, look, I'll leave you to it. We're gonna, we're gonna go into a time of musical worship, which itself is a wonderful attitude adjustment. It is an opportunity just to come in line with grace, to, to celebrate the generosity of God and to declare your trust in him. We'll do a ministry time when the music's over. We'll bring the ministry up. And uh, if you have need for healing in your bodies, we'd love to take care of that uh, or need for some other sort of breakthrough. Uh, it's my privilege to be among people who do the exercise of faith uh, for the sake of the kingdom in the world.